Hey folks, hey, this is Wesley, Billion Dollar Virgin with another Millionaire Midnight Rant here. It's approximately 10.51. I decided to log on a bit early here for you to ensure I give everybody an opportunity to log on, to ask questions as well. And um, i got a ton of work to do tonight, so, so I will just... Log on a bit earlier here. And listen, if you're brand new to the podcast, yes, this is a podcast where I do go live on Instagram typically every night here around 12 o'clock midnight Houston CST time. And you can always listen to the replay and Wesley Billion Dollar Version podcast. If you just searched it on Google, it's there. All the rants here are recorded and they are published for your uh, for your viewing and for you to listen at your convenience here. But tonight, I'm going to talk about starting a successful company here. And I, I want to give you the truth, right? <laughs> you know, how many of you have a company or you are trying to start a company here? And if you don't know who I am, I am Wesley, billion dollar virgin. I am a multimillionaire. I'm worth about $40 million dollars. And I did that because I went to high school. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, I, I grew up pretty average, like the most most people. And, um, you know, I just really discovered how to use my mind. I discovered how to use my uh, conscientiousness, uh, uh, my skill. And I've learned how to develop my skill to become a multi-millionaire here. And... I'm using this platform to share my philosophy with the world to give you the truth, you know, behind the scenes stuff that you, they don't talk about millionaires. They don't share too much on lives here. So I want to give you the truth about having a successful company because, listen, anybody can start a company, but very few will have a successful one. Okay. Does that make sense? Anybody can start a company. Anybody can get an LLC, a DBA, you know, register for a website. But not many people will have a successful one. And starting a successful company is like eating glass and staring into the abyss. You ever tried to eat glass before? Think about it. He's like, absolutely not, Wes. That'd be painful. Bleeding. Yeah. Which means it's very painful. And staring into an abyss is just like staring into a bottomless pit where you don't see the light. You just see darkness, right? And um, I want to talk about that because um, everybody here, obviously, they want to start a company or they're trying to, you know, earn more money and want to be independently wealthy. And many of you have jobs and you don't longer want to have jobs and I have a lot of young people that follow me and they're thinking about quitting college and thinking about leaving their minimum wage job and doing something different. And some of you just need the confidence. Some of you just need the belief that you can do it. And I'm here for you. But at the same time, I want to be brutally honest here. I'm not here to let you know if you want to plant roses, that roses are going to absolutely grow in your garden if you decide to plant it. 
I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to say sometimes it's going to be weeds. Sometimes your intention is to have roses and you're going to get weeds for years. Okay? So, starting a successful company, it's like eating glass because it's very painful. Okay? It's painful. Hurts. Does that make sense? You may say, well, how does it hurt? You know... You know, with my own journey, like, listen, at the age of 21 is when I first wanted to be a millionaire. You know, when you have that first thought in your mind and say, you know what? I'm going for it. Can everybody remember the first day of a month or a year when they just made a decision that they're going to get on this road to making a million dollars? I remember mine. I was 21 years old. Okay. Um, I remember I was driving a Ford Explorer and I had just got fired. No, I think I was driving a Tahoe. I was just fired for from a company that I would thought that I thought I was going to work for forever. But I didn't make the first million to thirty five. So do the math. So from the thought of making a million, which was twenty one, fourteen years later, it happened. How many of you are willing to wait 10 or 14 years? Some of you are like, absolutely not, right? <laughs> and see, this is the ugly part of success. You know, many people, you know, when I'm driving around, you know, I don't go many places here in Houston, Texas. I go to the gym and that's about it. But, you know, people, they love and they admire my cars. And they say, man, I want to be like U.S. I hear this all the time. In emails, DMs, I want to be like U.S., and I think that people want to be the version of me that they see based off the perception of how people see me. Does that make sense? Like, they want to be the West that has the Rolls Royce. They want to be the West that has the penthouse, that has the nice view, right? The West that has a couple of million dollars in the bank account. The West that has real estate, the West that can travel the world whenever he wants to. The West that can get up at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, doesn't matter. The West that doesn't have an alarm clock. The West that has a chef that prepares his food. The West that has a maid that cleans his house every single day. But that's the person you want to be. But you don't want to be the West when I was paying $700 per month, no furniture, laying on the air mattress, I had pictures of cars and vacation spots and homes all around my home. I had dollar bills in every room of that little small apartment. And I was driving a 1988 Honda Accord because my last car got repoed because I couldn't pay for it. Like, you don't want to be that person. You want to be the person or the version of me today. And I'm here to tell you that if you want to start a successful company, get ready to eat some glass. Get ready to stare in the abyss. Some days you're going to feel so much pain, and not just days, years. I want to drill this into your mind. Listen, I haven't met one person ever that have made a million dollars in a year. None. 
Nobody. And I, I'm, I'm talking about a self-made millionaire. I haven't met one person that made a million dollars in two years. When I say made, like have a million dollars in the bank in two years. I'm talking about a person that had nothing. They grew up pretty poor, pretty average, right? And in two, three years, they have a million. Nobody. I don't, I don't know anyone like that. Okay. And the reason why I want all of you to understand that is because you have to have a pain tolerance, <laughs> a high pain tolerance, if this is the road you want to take. And I'm going to give you the ugly truth about it. It's a lonely road. You're going to find yourself isolated from the world. You're going to find yourself not wanting to be around a ton of people that used to be your friends that you love so dearly. You're going to find yourself not wanting to be around people that you used to be around a lot. Okay? It's lonely. And it's frustrating. Okay? It's irritating. It is. Do you understand me? Extremely. And the reason why I want to share this with you is not to discourage you from going for it. What I want you to understand that most of you that go for it, but a small percent of you will actually make it to the end. Thinking about a marathon. There's many people that run marathons. And a lot of people that start a marathon, their intention is to finish. But it's a very small percentage of people that actually finish the marathon. Other people, they just can't take it. It's too much. They're too tired. Shin splints. They hurt the leg. Heart attack. Cardiac arrest. Can't breathe. Pass out. Faint. Does that make sense? See, I really want you to understand, all of you, what you're about to do, <laughs> right? Because I know a lot of you are in companies right now. How many of you have a company or you're in an opportunity right now? Just be honest. You're doing something, okay? What I want you to understand, the likelihood of you succeeding is very small. Now, it's not to discourage you. I'm not, listen, I encourage everybody to win, and I want people to win, but I want to be honest with you. The likelihood, and this is just statistical data, that you will actually succeed and make a million dollars is very, very small. Okay? Very small. Why? Because you're not willing to eat the glass. You're not willing to stare into that bottomless pit where it's darkness. Do you understand that? You know, when I decided to get very serious, because at the age of 21, I still wasn't serious about making a million dollars because I was still doing things that I shouldn't do. At the same time, I wanted to transform my life, right? I was still playing around, chasing after girls, going out, hanging out, doing everything that wasn't aligned with success. But at the age of like 26, I think, 26 or 27, I got serious. And from 27 to 35... It was tough. Okay? So I want you to imagine this. 
Imagine eight years, man. Eight years. Persevering, sacrificing, working. No customers. No views on my videos. I made a little money, but not enough money. Right? Because, listen, even some of you right now that have a business, I mean, you're making some money. But most of you are not making enough money to buy, like, the car of your dreams, probably. You're not, you can't buy a Lamborghini or Rolls Royce yet. But that's what you want. You're making some money, but you can't buy, like, ladies can't buy the Birkin bag yet, if that's what you want. You're making some money, but you can't afford the penthouse that's 10000 plus. Right? You can't buy that mansion in the gated community here. Does that make sense? What I want you to understand is if you don't have a high tolerance for pain, it's, it's emotional pain, I would say don't do it. Okay? If you don't have a high tolerance of discomfort, like think about it. Listen, you know, at the age of 27, 28, I, just, I was spending time by myself for years, honestly. Like, I wasn't talking to many people. I didn't have a girlfriend. I wasn't dealing with a lot of women. I wasn't going out to the club. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't, I mean, I never did drugs. I never will. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't going to barbecues. I wasn't going to weddings. I wasn't going to baby showers. Honestly, I wasn't, like, for years, like, I was just with myself, working on myself, and building my skill. That's tough. And it's tough because you get boring. You'll get bored. Does that make sense? Okay? You get bored. You're like, man, I'm, I want some fun. How many of you can relate? You're like, man, I've been doing this for months, man. I need some fun. I just want to go out. I want to go drink. I want to go do something. This is, oh, this is boring because this is painful because I'm not even getting the result. All this trial and error over and over and over and over. I'm getting older, too. I'm getting older. The years are passing by. I'm still not getting the result. I'm going to the seminars. I'm reading the books. I'm meditating. I'm buying courses. I'm buying programs. How many of you can relate? Can you relate? Let me tell you something. All that stuff is necessary for your growth. I just want you to understand that, you know, all that stuff that you complain about, it's just necessary for the growth. It's a very painful process to create a successful company. To start a company is easy. I mean, anybody can get an LLC a DBA, an S-Corp, anybody can buy a website, right? It's very simple to do. Anybody can find a location and say, hey, this is where my business is going to be. Yeah, it's going to be here. We're going to sell this. We're going to sell clothes. We're going to sell shoes. It's going to be amazing. But the tough part is getting customers. The tough part is getting customers to come back. Tougher part is getting new customers and understanding what that cost is. 
bigger problem is getting customers in action and making a profit. Do you, you know, some of you think that a lot of these companies that you see, you know, when you're in your city, you know, you see fast food places, you see, you know, mom and pop businesses, and you think all these people are just profitable, don't you? <laughs> the restaurants you go to, you think they're making all this money. Let me tell you something. It's many companies that are in your city, in your town, they're not millionaires. Trust me, they're not. The gross amount of money that's bringing in is not their net. I mean, they can gross 40000 but they're probably netting ten five thousand dollars $5,000. Does that make sense? They got rent, they got employees, they got... <laughs> Listen, starting a successful company, and a successful company is this. It's when your profit is able to afford the lifestyle that you want. Now, listen, if the profit that you're in, say if, say if your lifestyle is going to cost you $10,000 per month because that's what you want, then okay, great, you're successful. But if the profit that you're making from your company is not giving you the lifestyle that you want, and most people that follow me, they want to live luxurious because, you know, people always say, I want to be like Wes. Wes, I want to be like you. I want to do what you do. I want to drive where you drive, and I want to go where you go. You can do whatever you want to do. That's what I want. And I want you to understand, if that's what you want, get ready for the pain. As a matter of fact, I want everybody to come in below. Get ready for the pain, because it's coming. It's inevitable, and it's a lot, Okay. It's a lot of pain. It's a lot of uncertain moments. It's a lot of moments that you will want to quit. It's going to be moments that you want to throw in the towel. Many moments. It's going to be times that you're going to justify your behavior. You're going to say, well, I'm just going to go out this weekend. It's not a big deal. Come on, I've been working on it. You know, just one, just one weekend is not going to disturb my process. Well, I'm just going to go out and have drinks one time. I'm just going to just have a little fun. And what you don't understand is that everything matters. <laughs> it does. Honestly, if someone would have taught me this in my 20s, I would have been richer faster. But see, I thought everything didn't matter. I, you know, I said, well, you know, come on. It's just one. You know, I'm just, I'm just going out one. It's just one thing. It's not a big deal. What I want you to understand, because now I'm rich and I used to be poor, and I want you to understand this, young people, that everything matters. Everything that you do and everything that you don't do, 24 hours of your day matters. Write this down. Be prepared to work five to eight years. Some people would do it sooner, not that many. Some people, I've seen people maybe in three or four years, they made a million dollars, but not that many people. Okay, the typical time frame is going to take you to make a million dollars to have a million dollars in the bank, five to 10 years or five to eight years. Does that make sense? Is that okay? Five to eight years. Now, I know it's a ton of you that's going to say, no, I'm going to do it sooner. Uh, I'm not going to, it'll be no five to eight years. No, I'm going to do it sooner. And the reason why you say that it's because you're not able to sustain yourself through the pain.
right? Because it's like, who purposely just invite pain in their life? And that's starting a successful company. It's very painful. You know how many companies I've started online and they failed? You know how many thousands of dollars I've spent? People that I've hired, get ready to lunch, boom, trash, didn't work, failure. <laughs> a lot. And see, a lot of you, see, I know, look at that. See, some of you, when you think about five to eight years, you're like, oh, man. Uh, and see, looks somebody comment below. I will do it in two years. No, you won't. I'm telling you, you won't. You know, it sounds good. It only sounds good, folks. It only sounds good. You know what? Let me tell you a story that you don't even know. How many of you think that Jeff Bezos, you know, the guy that owns Amazon.com, how many of you think that that was the company that made him a billionaire? How many of you think that? That Amazon.com, when this man started selling books, that was the company that made him a billionaire. And if you believe that, you're wrong. See, what I want to tell you, there's so many stories, there's so many things that happen in people's life. And unfortunately, you don't have the internet, right, to read about or watch what's really going on in people's lives and what they really did. So did you know that Jeff Bezos and his wife, and this was years before Amazon.com. Listen, you're going to do your research. He met with a guy by the name of Sergio, Sergi. Sergi is the owner of Google today. But this is when Google was first starting out. Understand, Jeff Bezos was working on the uh, foreign stock exchange. He was the um, working in New York, right, on the um, stock exchange, right? He was one of those, those people, what do you call those people, the stockbrokers or whatever? He flew and had a dinner with him and his partner, and he invested $250,000 at that time when the stock wasn't even public yet. So at that time, just to give you an idea, he was worth, you know, once it launched and once it got pretty big, he was worth 67 times $250,000, do the math. At that time, and that was like, what, 10, 15, 20 years ago? Long time ago. He invested $250,000 at that time when it went, when he IPO'd, right? 250 times 7, 67 is how much this man was worth. I mean, he already had millions of dollars, man. That's over like, what, $500 million? I don't know. And then he started the book company. <laughs> so you didn't know that, right? See, one thing about the internet, this is the drawback, is when we look at people's success and we see all these people that are successful by our standards, you know, they're driving what we want to drive and living with how we want to live. And it appears they have the life that they want. But we just don't know the story, man. You know, like you don't know the real story. <laughs> and you'll probably never know because, 
you know, people have the tendency of leaving things out, not even on purpose. Like I do my best and I pride myself to be as transparent as humanly possible. Okay, yeah, I'm worth a couple of tens of millions of dollars, but I want to be so transparent with you and let you know that when I had the thought, it was 21. When I got serious, it was 26, 27. So that was at least eight to nine years of pain staring into the dark hole. No results. None. Zero. Can you imagine doing something for eight years and remaining enthusiastic, remaining excited about it, and getting no results, but trying thousands of things? Many of you can't even imagine that. Are you going to do it and say, well, I'm doing it in two years, Wesley? No, I'm going to do it faster than you'll see. You'll see. And I'm telling you, listen. And I'm sharing this from the top of my heart. You know how many men have told me over the past 10 years that you'll see Wesley because, you know, young men are drawn to me, obviously, because I have the lifestyle that most young men want to have, right? Because I can do what the fuck I want to do. And that's what every man wants to do on the planet. They want to do what he wants to do unapologetically, right? And I live that way. I live my life that way. That's why my life is so perfect and it's so good because I do what I want to do, okay? That's a great place to be in life. And, you know, I talk to young men and, you know, they tell me, you'll see. Uh, you'll see. Because whenever I give them some advice and when the advice doesn't align, doesn't align with their current beliefs, such as I say, hey, dump your girlfriend. I tell men this all the time. Like, young men, you know, men in their 20s, I'm like, man, let, let your girl go. Like, dump her. Let her go now. Yeah, she's going to cry. She's going to get upset. But it'll be okay. She'll get over it. Trust me, she will. She will get over it, right? But they won't do it. You know, they tell me, you'll see, I'm going to do it with her. Let me tell you something. I haven't, had, I haven't had one man that told me with his moan mouth that said, hey, you'll see, I will do it the way that I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you not one yet. Just not one, not even one yet. None. Every man that tells me, oh, you'll see, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to show you. They haven't showed me yet. I'm just being honest with you. None of them. Right? They're still out there in the abyss trying to figure it out. Okay? I'm here to tell you that it's an extremely painful process. Um, You're going to be alone. Okay? And if you're not alone yet... It's because you're not serious, honestly. Now, honestly, if you're not alone, if you're not feeling any pain right now in this process of starting a successful company, whatever opportunity that you're involved with, and if you're not alone yet, you just ain't doing the right thing, honestly. You're either alone or you're around the people that are actually making money. And usually the people that's making the money, they're too busy to spend time with you all the time. So they, they don't have time to spend time with you. You know, maybe if you get super lucky, many people don't get lucky like that. They have a mentor they could be around all the time, right? It just, it doesn't happen as much as you think. Most self-made millionaires, it happens with themselves, with themselves, by themselves, right? Um, now they'll spend years with, with themselves, developing themselves, and then they might get 
I hate to use the word lucky, but when I say lucky is they may meet somebody, a millionaire, a person that's already in the industry, a person that say, hey, just do this and this. They get in the right place at the right time. And let me tell you something. This is what tends to happen when you see people make a ton of money. And a lot of them don't tell you this shit. You know, I'm being honest with you. You know, almost every millionaire that I know, it's just they, they met somebody at the right time. And it was a moment. And it had a window of opportunity. And it just worked. It happened with me. I'm telling you, it did. Uh, I've told this story too many times. You know, I met a certain person that led me to something, that allowed me to see something differently. I took the advantage. Boom. It was like a, it was a small window of opportunity, and I took it. But years before, I was by myself, reading books. Like on a weekend, I would spend time. I'll never forget this. On weekends, I would go to the pool in my apartment because I was trying to get out of my house because I was always inside the house. And I would just go and sit by the pool. I wouldn't get in because I know black people don't swim. <laughs> right? And I sat on the side of the pool and I would just sit there. And I would either read or I would just think about the goals. Seriously, I did this for years. Anytime I went to the barber shop, my barber can tell you this. I always had a book. Every single time I would go to the barber shop, I had a book in my hand for years, young people. Okay? Years. At least six, seven years. I always had a book. That's one thing about me. I always had a book in my hand, too. If I would go somewhere, I had a book in my hand, and you would always see me with headphones. Like, doing this six and seven years. Always. I was always listening to something that was going to stimulate my mind for what I wanted. So imagine doing that for seven years. But no results in business. Okay? Thanks for the badge. Love you so much. I'm, 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 being, I'm just being very transparent here, folks. Like, no results at all. I started so many different companies. I invested so much money. Facebook courses, YouTube courses, affiliate market courses. I went to seminars. I bought what they, you know, at the seminar when they sell you shit. I bought all that stuff, thousands of dollars I didn't have. And I didn't even use it. I was just buying stuff. Because let me give you one mistake that most people make. Rich people, successful people, not going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you, though, is people that are trying to be rich, they always think if I just spend more money and if I spend more money than the average person, I'll get the result faster. Yeah. A lot of you think that way. Well, if I spend 20000 I know I'm guaranteed to be rich, right? <laughs> I'm here to tell you that's wrong. It's incorrect. <laughs> Listen, uh, I mean, it's the same journey. Honestly, I mean, if you want me to guarantee your success, you got to pay me 100K. Because if you, if you pay me 100K, what I would do, I'm going to create a product and I'm going to give you a percentage of the company. I'm going to do all the work myself and I'm going to give you a percentage. And you just get a check every single month. 
but that's worth at least a hundred k to two hundred thousand for me. But you know, you guys can't pay that much, and you probably won't pay that much. You just won't do it, right? The biggest fallacy is if I spend more money, that means that I'm going to get the result faster. No, not necessarily. Because most of you that spend money on products and things, it never happens. Oh, here we go. Husband and wife, Grant and Elena. Oh, let's talk about Grant Cardone. First of all, you don't know Grant Cardone's story. Uh-uh. You only know the story that he tells you on social media. You don't know how that man really got rich and how he became wealthy. Is there a video that he shares that he's very transparent and say, hey, this is how I started? And then the question is, did he start, was he rich before he met Elena? Or did he become rich when he was with his wife? I mean, you don't know. And let me tell you something. You never know. Because these men are smart. They're not stupid. You know, they're like me. Me, I just don't care because I believe in I live in an abundant universe, so I don't believe in competition. It's no competition, man. You know, I don't have the zero mindset such as I got to take from other people to win or I got to hold back information and knowledge. I'm going to give you all the knowledge as much as humanly possible. And for me to do that, I got to be transparent. What I'm saying is you just don't know these people's story. You don't know the story. You don't know. You only know the story that they tell you, even with me. But honestly, I'm just... I mean, you don't have to believe me, but I'm just being honest. I'm just letting you know this is the truth. It is tough. It's like eating glass. Okay? It's like putting nails in your mouth and trying to chew on the on the metal. That's how hard it is. That's how painful it is. And it's going to be very painful for many years. I want you to understand that. And if you're not willing to be in pain for many years, don't do it. What I'm saying is just stay at your job. I get it. You're never going to fly around the world like you want to. You're never going to fly first class. You're never going to be able to buy what you want to buy. And you're not going to drive what you want to drive. You're not going to live where you want to live, but you'll be safe. And you can be somewhat happy. Okay? But to go out here and try to start a successful company and thinking that it's going to be a easy process. Or maybe you may say, yeah, I know it's going to be tough, but you don't realize how tough it is. Because many of you still don't even understand the mindset of a successful entrepreneur. Like, you know the mindset of an entrepreneur. It's millions of entrepreneurs. I mean, come on. Every year is uh, it's probably 100,000 plus million, probably a million plus people that want to start a business and start one. But how many of those people do you think actually are successful? How many of those people do you think actually make a dollar? I mean, actually profit. I'm not talking about a company that brings in cash, but they're not even making a profit. Just because you bring in cash doesn't mean you're making a profit, ladies and gentlemen. Something that's called return on investment, right? <laughs> many of you think, well, since cash is coming in, I guess I'm making money. No. You're only making money. If you're profiting or making more money than you're spending, does that make sense? <laughs> I want you to understand it's very tough. Okay? And you have to realize that, and let me tell you something, you want to know what does it ever get easier? Yes, after two years, 
Like if you can make it two years, say if you're in a company, in a business, in an opportunity, if you can, if you can make it for two years and stick to it, right, <laughs> and deal with the pain, deal with the isolation, deal with all the no's, the rejection, the long nights, right? If you can make it for two years, then you can make it for four, okay? Like if you can remain enthusiastic, if you can become aware of your emotions and say, you know what? Okay, this didn't work six months in, but it's okay. It's going to work. I believe. I, I know it's going to. Like if you're able to do that, because that's what I did. Like if you're able to self-motivate yourself, that's another thing. If you're... If you don't have the ability to self-motivate, you'll never be rich. I, I just, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. You're not. You're not gonna be pulling up in a Lamborghini, man. It's not gonna happen. You know, maybe a rental, but it's not gonna be yours. You're not gonna be standing in nobody's penthouse. You're not gonna be in a gated community. You're not gonna be flying around the world first class. You're not gonna be in the five-star hotels, the five-star restaurants. Only if you're with somebody else. You may be with somebody else that has all this stuff, but you won't be the guy. Does that make sense? You won't be the girl. You'll probably be the girl that's with the other girl that has the money. And a lot of you like that. You're with the guy that has the money, that has all the things that you want. But you'll never be that person if, you're not, if, you, if you can't self-motivate yourself. Does that make sense? I'm doing well. Okay? If you cannot, like right now, look, it's 1128. What do you think I'm going to do after I finish this rant? Now, I have millions of dollars, and I'm not trying to throw it in your face. I'm just being honest, okay? I'm just talking from the top of my heart. I, I have millions in the bank right now. But how I operate and how I work, I work as if I have nothing. You know what I mean? Honestly, I really work that way. Like right now, he's going to buy another car tomorrow. I don't know if I wanted to buy, buy a home or something. I, I don't know. Like I have the money available to do that. But I work as if I have nothing. And you might say, well, Wesley, why, why do you work as if you have nothing? Because to me, I learned this from a billionaire. It's always day one for me. I learned that from Howard Schultz. He's the guy that owns Starbucks. He says, the fools celebrate. You know, fools. Fools celebrate too long. You know, oh, yeah, man, we did. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. Nah, 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 nah. Celebrate for two weeks, three weeks, a month, month, month. Yeah, that's a fool. I celebrate. It's too long. He said, it's always day one. It's no victory laps. It's no time to pop champagne. We're on day one. We're still working. Yeah. Learned there from um, Kobe Bryant as well. He says, you know, the late Kobe Bryant. Rest in heaven, my guy. He says, Kobe, after um, it was a championship that they were trying to win, and the news reporter said, he said, are you happy? You don't look happy. He said, are we at the end? Is it over? No. Job is not done. That's just one win. I want the championship. And listen, that's how you got to think when you're in business. You go, listen, you're going to learn this as you go through the journey if you choose to actually start a successful company that's actually making the amount of money that you needed to make for you to have the life that you want. Does that make sense? Everybody should have a number, right? 
Like, I'm going to tell you my number. I need to at least make 100000 a month, at least. Now, I make more than that, obviously. But for me to live the life that I want to live, I need 100000 Coming in my bank account, like, I need 100, 100, hundo, $100,000 for me, for Wesley, for nobody else, for Wesley Virgin. Because I have a very expensive lifestyle. That's why. For me to live a very comfortable, peaceful, happy, orgasmic, euphoric life, got to be 100K per month. Of course, I make more than that. And we're going to continue to make more than that. But I need at least that. That's just my cap. And you need to know how much money you need for yourself. Okay. Like you need to know how much you need to be able to live the way you want to live. Me, because Let me tell you why. Let me just break it down for a bit. Like me, I'm not going to cook my own food. I need somebody to do that for me. That's money. I like cars. I like vehicles. They're expensive and maintenance, right? To my Lamborghini the other day. The red Huracan that I have, they haven't driven in two weeks. It's just sitting there. Right? <laughs> uh, I spent $7,000 on the maintenance. Just to let you know, if you ever want to buy a luxurious car, I mean, maintenance is insane. $7,000 for that. Okay. Um, I'm not saying I'm a dirty person, but I don't clean my house. Okay. I just don't. You know, so I, I need a, a maid every day here. Okay. And that's expensive. That costs money. Okay. My dear Lupe, she comes, she cleans, and she takes care of everything in my home every single day, okay? I like to travel, and when I travel, I like to travel first class only, and I only want to be in the best hotels in whatever country. I don't care where I'm at. I got to be in five-star, okay? Period. And when I go and when I travel, I have a driver that costs money, have somebody that takes me around, you know, to whatever excursions I want to do. It's always VIP. Almost everything I do is VIP. Everything. I went to to see Kevin Hart, right? Um, With... With a young lady who was in the front, those seats cost $2,000. So what? I mean, understand, that's just how it is. If I go to the Rockets game, I'm always going to be on the floor. You ne- Listen, any game I go to, if I'm, if, at first, I don't even like basketball. I don't like any kind of sports, but, you know, it's enjoyable. I go for the experience, and it's just fun, right? It's not like I'm just focused on the game. It's just, it's just the experience. But you'll never catch me ever in a nosebleed. You'll never catch me. If you ever see me at a game, I will be on the floor. Does that make sense? I'm going to be either on the front, front, front floor, or I'm going to be two seats back right in the back of the Rockets. So, like, right behind them, always. So, listen, I, I tell you that because <laughs> that's just the life that I wanted to live. And I had a number. I knew My number is 100K a month. Like, like, for me to live my life. It's just, I need 100K just for me. Okay, we're not talking about all these other things that I'm going to do and more money. No, just for me, just to live my life, right? So, and that's what my successful life looks like, the life that I'm living here today. Honestly, the only thing that's missing from my life, and really it's not missing because it's coming, the private jet. Like, as soon as I get the jet, listen, I either need the private jet or access to the jet. 
And it got to be a certain type of jet. I don't want a Cessna. I don't want a Saltation. It has to be a Gulfstream, period. Okay? It has to be one of those jets that have a nice, huge bed. And, of course, the bedroom is going to be my room with a shower, with a big screen TV, so I can watch my shows. You know, married at first sight. Make sense? I mean, that's the only thing. That's what's left. That as for the materialistic thing, everything else I pretty much have done. I've bought every car. Uh, I've bought homes. Oh, you know I haven't bought a mansion yet, but I have no desire yet because I'm by myself. I got children, but they're a bit older. They don't stay with me, and I don't want to be in this big house by myself. So I need to make some kids, some baby in like five years. I'm gonna start making babies. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm being honest with you, folks. I'm gonna be very honest with you. I'm gonna make babies. Yes, more than one. I'm going to have nannies, and whatever woman I choose to be with, she'll be there with me and the babies and my assistant, whatever. That's why I'm going to buy the house, because right now there's no sense of having a huge house by myself. For what? So my question to you is, do you still want to start a successful company? Do you think you got what it takes? Do you? Be honest. And listen, I'm not going to shame you if you say, Wesley, man, I don't think I could do it. It's just too much. Listen, all I, and I'm going to ask her questions after this. All I can say is this, that all the painful nights, there will be many painful nights. Thousands, listen, thousands of painful nights. The reason why they're so painful, because you're going to be working on something, you thought it was going to work out, and it's not. And it's going to happen probably 10,000 times, okay? Like, it's going to be things you're going to do in your business, your opportunity, or whatever you're trying to do, and you're going to get tens of thousands of rejections, tens of thousands of nails, and tens of thousands of, it just didn't work. Every single time. Does that make sense? I want you to understand that clearly. It is coming. Thousands of nights of discomfort. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be tired. You're going to want to quit. You're going to want to stop. Okay? So letting you know. That's, that's what it is. Right? <laughs> it's going to be times you're going to say, man, I just want to go out. I just want to go do something else because I want to feel good. Listen, it's going to be many times that you're going to want to feel pleasure. You're going to be like, man, I just want to go do something. Let me just call this girl. I need to go. Let me go. Let me call this guy. Let me go out with this person. Let me go have drinks with my girl. Let me go have. Let me just clear my mind. Uh-uh. Nah. Can't do it. Okay. Any questions for me? But like I said before, most of you, and I'm not trying to be negative, I do love you, but most of you, you're not going to make a million dollars, okay? just want you to, I just want to be honest with you. This is probably the last time that we'll ever do a rant like this because, you know, I, I see myself as a very encouraging man. I am. I'm encouraging. I'm inspirational, okay? But if I'm going to be honest with you, most of you would not make a million dollars, now, I don't know who that's going to be. I can't single you guys out. I wouldn't do that. But I could. Like, if I went live with somebody, and see, this is, 
If I go live with one of you and if I talk to you for five minutes, in five minutes, I know if you're will have any likelihood of making a million dollars. I just know. And you might say, well, are you psychic? I'm not psychic. But it's like you just know. And all millionaires, all people that are rich, they just know. I'm telling you, they know. They just know. Right? Don't ask me how they know, but they know when they meet somebody. In five minutes, they already know, oh, man, it's not, this guy's not going to make it. He's not going to do it. Trust me. This girl, she's not going to do it. She is not. And that's why I think on my journey, many people that were very, very successful, um, they felt that I was going to do it. Because my attitude, my, my attitude and my positivity was insane. I had an abundant mindset. And the only reason why I had an abundant mindset because of all the books I was reading. I was reading so many self-development books. Listen, many of you might not know what to do right now, right? You might not know what company to start. So if you don't know what company to start, right? Or maybe you don't know what business to get involved with. This is what I want you to do. Consume your mind with self-development, Okay. Consume your mind with books like Think and Grow Rich, uh, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Richest Man of Babylon, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, Psycho-Cybernetics, The the Go-Getter, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Like, read all these books. Just consume your mind with these books. It's important. Because this knowledge is specialized knowledge. And many people don't have the specialized knowledge. And when I say consume the book, I don't mean read it one time. I mean read it over and over and over again. Like consume your your entire life with nothing but self-development. I'm serious. I'm being honest with you. And this is for everybody that don't know what they want to do. Like, cause you may not know what you want to do and how you're going to do it. Well, this is what you do. Consume your life. Like when I say consume, I mean really consume like immensely. Okay. When you wake up self-development, it could be anybody. It could be Wesley Virgin. It could be Tony Robbins, Les Brown, Jim Brown. I don't know. But just listen to it all day as much as humanly possible. When you're driving to work, you no longer listen to any music for at least five years. No music. Okay, your car should be a car university. I did this. I did it for years. I mean, I was just so serious, though, man. When you go to work, if you can wear headphones, listen to self-development. At lunch, listen to self-development. Don't have lunch with your broke-minded rat race co-workers. Don't do that. Separate. And the reason why that's, that's important because... You got to condition the mind so when the opportunity shows up, the foundation is already there. Makes sense. And see, that really worked for me. Because when the opportunity revealed its head, I was able just to move forward. I understood that it was going to be a tough process. I understood that I was going to fail miserably. I knew I was going to fail. Like I already knew. So I was ready for the failure. So when it would happen, I would just reframe the failure and say, this is not failure. This is a success. I now know what not to do. So I'm going to do something different tomorrow. And I just continued to think that way. 
Well, let me tell you why I was thinking that way. Because I read a book. Okay? That's it. Many of you, you don't read any books. You know, at all. And I know somebody on here, well, this person never read a book and they made a million. You know, listen, stop. (laughs) You know, it's so hilarious when the person is always trying to, you know, make an example of another person who they don't know. Well, they're married. They make a million. They didn't read books. Well, they didn't meditate. They didn't make a million. Well, listen, this is my advice to you. Go follow them. Leave my fucking live and unfollow me right now and go follow those people. Okay? Because, see, what you think, you're thinking it's an easier way. Right? You're trying to take a shortcut. Shortcut Willie. You know who Shortcut Willie is? Well, Shortcut Willie is always looking for a hookup. Always looking for a trick, a sneaky tip, just a a, a side way. Man, is it a shortcut to get through that? Can I just cut through here? Can I just, can I get that TV for $1 instead of $1,000? What I got it? Yeah, Shortcut Willie. Yeah. Shortcut Willie, he either's broke or he's in jail. It's a lot of Shortcut Willies that try to do that old PPE scam, right? A lot of people got the PPE, didn't you? Yeah, you got those loans. You know, immorally, illegally. And there's a lot of people going to jail right now. A lot. She, the other day, somebody, the SWAT team came to my building and took out a guy and took him to jail. <laughs> True story. Because they're looking for that shortcut. You're either going to be broke or in jail. Okay? Looking for the shortcuts. I'm here to tell you, there are no shortcuts, man. It's just not. So just do the work, man. Just do it, young lady. Just do it. You know, and just deal with your emotions. If you're, whenever you get down, say if you get down, man, I don't get it. You know, sometimes you will get like, fuck. You're like, fuck, what's going on? Turn on some Wesley Virgin. Because at that time when you're frustrated and you get a bit irritated, you just want to feel good. You know what makes you feel good? Self-development audio. Listen to Wesley Virgin, one of the rants. Or listen to another speaker. Listen to somebody that's doing well. Because what you need to hear is positivity. Does that make sense? That's why you folks listen to me right now. Because a lot of you are laying in your bed. You're thinking about your life. You're thinking about what's not working. You're thinking about you're getting older. You got kids. You got responsibilities. You don't have a million dollars yet and you're struggling. So when I jump on live, you can guarantee that you're going to feel better than you did before. You get it? This is the process, ladies and gentlemen, here. Okay? And it's a daily process. And there will be times that you have to use willpower, and most people have done. You know, most of you have no willpower. You can't get yourself to do nothing. Oh, man, I'm so tired. Oh, I don't feel like doing Like, if I tell you guys, get out your bed right now. Go look in, go look in the mirror and tell yourself that you're, that you're successful. You won't do it. I say, hey, you can go live with me, but you got to get out your bed. You got to turn your light on, and I need to be able to see you. Some of you are like, oh, man, I don't feel like getting up. You know why? Because you have no willpower. None. See, willpower 
It's the ability to compel yourself to do something, even though your body feels that, like it doesn't want to do it. When you're able to compel yourself to do something, right? Even though you don't feel like doing it, but you just compel yourself to do it. That's willpower, by the way. Do you know that the average person does not have any willpower at all? At all. No willpower, man. Isn't that crazy? You know, when I go live and I say, hey, guys, if you want to go live with me, I'll do that. You know, people pay me a ton of money to have a conversation with me about different topics and business and whatever. And I'm giving it to you for free. And you're so lazy. (laughs) You're so lazy that you'll choose to say, well, man, my hair is not. Well, my face looks. Well, I'm in my pajamas. Well, I mean, I don't want to get up. And you wonder why you're just like the masses. Because that's what everybody says. They always make excuses, man. Always. You know, people ask me, well, Wesley, since you're a millionaire, why don't you just give it, give your programs for free? Why don't you just give it all for free? You're already rich. Come on, you can answer that question here. You're not that stupid, are you? Like, I'm giving this for free. This is free. (laughs) And if I say, hey, if you want to go live with me, let's answer questions here, you won't get up. You're going to make an excuse of why you can't get up. And it's free. But if I charge you, (laughs) then I'm insensitive. Then I'm not showing any empathy. Oh, come on, Wes. We broke. Come on, Wes. You got all the money. Help us out. I'm trying to. But even when I try to help you out for free, you're still fucking lazy. You get it? You see why? See why I got to charge your ass? That's why I got to charge people thirty and forty thousand dollars, man. Like if you want to meet me in person, it's fifty grand. Now if you get lucky to meet me out in the world, cool. But if you want to have like spend a day with me, that's fifty thousand dollars. Done deal. And I don't care. You may say, well, that's a lot of money. I ain't got that kind of money, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm doing this for free. You still don't want to go live because you're too comfortable. Many of you are miserable in your finances and your life, but you're so miserable that you're comfortable with the misery. You know why? Because you can expect the misery. You know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. You're going to go to that rat race, eight to five job. You already know. You say, I hate it, but I already know what's ex- like you already know you're going to get paid in two weeks, Thursday or Friday. The paycheck is coming in, even though you don't like it, but it's predictable. You know, it's predictable. You know exactly what's going to happen. You know exactly the route to work. You know where your cubicle is. You know where you got to sit. You know your coworkers. You know exactly what you got to do to do your job. And you know exactly how much money you're going to get paid per hour. Every hour that passes, you know that you're going to get $20 an hour, $10 an hour, $8 an hour, $30 an hour, $40 an hour. You already know. It's very predictable. So even though it's miserable, but it's predictable and it's familiar. And it's so familiar, you still do it, even though it's miserable. Does it make sense? And um, I have a question here from Lucia. How do you stay positive throughout the day 
even when you live hard circumstances every day? Great question here. It's called willpower. Listen, when I was standing in that small little apartment here down the street, actually down the street from where I, where I live now, um, I mean, my credit was done. It was terrible. You know, I could barely pay my rent. And I just used willpower. I just made a decision. That's all I did. I just chose to stop thinking about all my struggles. Like, obviously, listen, hear me out on this one. Your struggles exist, right? Some of you got credit card debt, student loan debt, you know, bad credit, evictions, repossessions, little money in the bank account. Some of you got negative bank accounts, you know. You know when it, you check your bank account and it has that red and that negative sign? Ooh, I hate that. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it many times. All right? Maybe your relationship's not going well. Maybe your boss not treating you right. You're not getting a raise. You're not getting enough money. Because things keep popping up. Your car breaks down. You got a bad tire. You got to get an oil change. You got to get a new this. Somebody broke into your house. Somebody bro- I get it, you know. But what I want you to understand is the power that you possess is the power to focus on what you want to focus on. What you don't realize that like the things that happen, they're going to happen anyway. But it's up to you to put energy towards it. So I just chose not to put energy towards anything that was going wrong in my life. Because it wasn't going right. So, But me putting energy to it was not going to help it go right. So I just, I did what I did. I did what I could. I started to be creative, man. You know what I mean? I started just to be creative, and I just took one problem at a time. As long as I had a place to stay, I'm good to go. Even if I would have lost my car, so what? I catch the bus. That's how I thought. As long as I had a place to stay, I'm good. And even if I got kicked out of my house, I can find a friend to sleep on a couch, sleep on the floor, whatever. I did it before. Have you ever? I'm going to ask you guys a question here for everybody that's struggling so hard that you think life is so difficult. How many of you, in the morning, you went to work, right? Imagine going to work in the morning and riding the bus. I would ride the metro here, and I was making $8 an hour. I was working at a call center. I was in my 20s, right? Maybe 25, something like that. And <clears throat> two hours to get to work. So I, could get up, I had to get up super early. And, you know, I live in apartments that you had to walk to the bus stop. Like, it wasn't, like, right there. I had to walk almost a mile. Listen, I had to walk almost a mile to the bus stop because the bus stop wasn't close to where my unit was. I had to walk out to the main street. People that live in those type of apartments know what I'm talking about. You know, we got to walk a long way to actually get to the bus stop. So two hours to get to the job. It was called ACS. If you're in Houston, Texas, you know what I'm talking about. It's a call center. So I work all day, 10 hours, get back on the bus, two hours to get home. Imagine getting home and going up the stairs, and there's a lockbox on your door, okay? And it's an eviction notice on the note. Now, listen, I knew I didn't pay the rent. I didn't have the money. I just started a new job, right? How many of you been there? You know, when you start a new job, you're like, you got to make some money. So every paycheck counts, right? Because, you know, most broke and average people, which I was, every paycheck, I knew where the money was going. I had one paycheck to pay the rent, one paycheck to pay the um, the card note. 
right? Another paycheck to pay the cell phone bill. That's how we live, right? That's why the whole phrase living paycheck to paycheck came about. That's how I was living. But check this out. It's a lockbox on my door. I'm tired. It's 8 o'clock at night and I'm exhausted. I've been on the phone all day with customers that I don't like. Talking to people, hanging up in my face, right? Call centers are brutal, by the way, if you ever worked on one. And I'm tired and I can't get in my freaking house or my apartment. And it's 8 o'clock, which means that the front office, they're closed. The leasing agents, right? They're, they're gone. And I'm looking at this eviction notice. And all my stuff is in there. Imagine this. All my stuff is in there. All my clothes in. I can't get clothes for the next day for work, right? Can't take a shower. So what I did, I had to be creative. I went downstairs and I went to my boy's house. It was a Mexican guy. His name was Hector. Hector was a cool guy. Knocked on his door, said, hey, man, man, they locked me out. <laughs> it's, it's a true story, by the way. I was like, man, they locked, they locked, they, man, they locked me out. He said, he said, what the elf? What, brother? He said, dang, the only thing about Hector, 10 people stayed with Hector. <laughs> this is the true story. Like, and I'm talking about a small apartment. This is like an 800-square-foot apartment. And you're thinking about Hector had 10 Mexicans in the house, swear to God. 10. I no exaggeration. 10. Because most of them were from Mexico. They had no papers. You know how it is. Like, I was in, like, the ghetto a little bit, right? So, but that was my boy. He said, this is what he said. Let me tell you exactly what he said. I love the death. He said, get your black ass in here. That's what he said. But it was cool. We can talk like that, right? We can use the N-word. It wasn't a big deal. Man, get your black ass in here. And we started laughing. And that night, we cooked some, um, we made some fajitas. And this is why I love fajitas so much, because of Hector. Because every Friday night, we have fajitas and cervezas. That's beer, right? And those fajitas, mm, dang, that was so good. I remember. Oh, my God. Fajitas with those flour tortillas? When we go to this little Mexican shop and get this meat, and we'll put it on the grill, that little bitty grill, you know what I'm talking about? And, man... Oh, God, those fajitas are so good. And we were just talking, talking, talking. And I lived on the floor of his apartment for about six to seven months. Okay. I slept on the floor. And remember, it's 10 Mexicans in there. It's only, it's only two bedrooms. Right. All the other Mexican guys on the floor like me, on the couch, on the floor. I got the floor, you know, because I'm just the only black guy hanging out, you know. Some people got the couch. The two people that actually own the apartment, they got the rooms. And everybody else is on the floor, and I was on the floor too. You know, on the floor, sleeping. And I did that for about seven to eight months. Okay. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Wesley, how did you go to work the next morning? You didn't have any clothes. Yeah, um, I took a shower at Hector's and I put the same clothes back on. And I didn't wear the same drawers. I didn't wear any drawers. I mean, I'm being honest with you. Can I, can I be honest? Yeah, you know, because I didn't have any underwear, right? I didn't have any money to go buy none, so I had to come free ball. I put the same pants back on, same shirt back on, 
Got back on that bus and went back to work. Yeah. Okay. And I did finally get into the house to be able to get my stuff, right? Because I found a way to get the apartment back. Had to come up with the money to buy. You had to go to court. It's just, you know. What I want you to understand is uh, <laughs> it, it was a painful process. Okay. But what I did, I just chose, chose not to exacerbate my miserable situation. Even though I was sleeping on the floor, I was like, well, at least I'm not sleeping under the bridge. Right? Make sense? Yeah, I had to wear the same outfit that I wore last yesterday to work, but at least I had something. At least I still had a job. Because how I thought about it, I'll make some money and I'll be able to pay these people off so I can get my, my place back. And that's what I did. So to answer your question, young lady, I just chose to see my situation better. Always. I did that before I was reading books. I just chose to always, like I never got to the point that I, I don't think I've ever really berated myself and I said, oh my God, why you're so dumb, you're so stupid. Nah, I never did that. Even though I did a lot of dumb, stupid things. But I just said, okay, I got to fix this. I would talk to myself. Okay? I said, Wesley, you got to fix this. You fucked up. Now fix it. Somebody said, what sign am I? Capricorn. Next question for me. So just a choice. You know, when people ask me, how, well, how do you stay positive in, in tough times? Choose to. Choose to think about positive situations. Choose to reframe the situation. Don't, because many of you are acting like the masters. Something terrible happened to you and you're like, oh my God, this happened. Oh my God, my life is over, blah, 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 blah. You know what I do? I say, you know what, this happened? That means life has begun. And I ain't worried about it. I'm going to fix the problem. I ain't worried about this. Yeah, I got a problem right now, but I'm going to fix it. I did this all like in my 20s because I made so many mistakes in the 20s. Oh my God. Right, and most people do. Man, I just reframed everything. I remember, and guys, if I tell you this story, don't don't call the police on me, okay? Because it was wrong and it was illegal and I did it. I remember in my 20s, I don't know if you guys remember, and don't judge me, I'm just being transparent here. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember when gas, it was cheap, but I was broke. And do you remember the time that you can go to the gas pump and you can... Hit that button that says pay inside. You know, you hit the button pay inside, which means that you can put gas in the car and you can pay for it later. Right. Well, what I used to do. I used to hit pay inside and I would fill my truck up and I would get in the car and burn off. And I did this a lot. I mean, for months. Free gas for months. I mean, <laughs> It was a racetrack. You remember, I don't know if you guys know what a racetrack is. If you're in Houston, Texas, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I, I mean, racetrack, man. Oh, my God. I, I, I took so much gas from these guys. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot. A lot. Stole the gas. Yes. Stole it. Burnt off. And I got so good at it, I would take my friends there. It was crazy. And we all had Ford Explorers, right? It was three of us. Had a Ford Explorer. My friend had a Ford Explorer. He had a, and we would all pull up, 
fill up and burn off. Thank God I never got caught. I almost got caught one time. Almost. Almost. But I tell you that, Biz, um, I made a lot of mistakes. But uh, I never, I just never got, I, I, any situation I was in, even when I went to jail a few times, like I just never saw my situation as if it was unsolvable. Does that make sense? Okay. Honestly, like I always thought in my mind there was a way out. I'm going to tell you another story. It's going to blow your mind here. You're going to be like, oh, my God, Wesley, stop telling all these stories, man. You're going to go to jail. Let me tell you what I did. It was in my 20s, young, young and dumb, like a lot of you. Check it out. And I'm telling you these stories so you don't make the same mistakes, obviously, right? So it was a time I had an apartment. I used to stay out for Belfort. Does anybody know? If anybody, who? Who's from H-Town? He's in Texas here. So I stayed off of Belford. That's over by 45 going south. And if you know what Belford is, that's the ghetto. Okay. I don't know if it's still the ghetto. I haven't been over there in years, but it's the ghetto. So I stayed off. It was called Belford Apartments. Okay. And I remember one night that I walked outside. And they were repoing my Ford Explorer for the second time. I mean, times were hard, folks. You know, I, listen, I've had tough times. And I'm like, you know, when you run out, hey, hey, man, hey, that's my car. Hey, I mean, that guy was gone. I mean, those repo people, man, they are fast. I mean, they took my car. I mean, I, I'm just like, my friend that was staying with me, <laughs> Um, he said, hey, man, they taking your car. I said, what? <laughs> I ran out there. Man, that car was gone. But that's not the worst part, okay? So I found out that the mechanic shop had repoed my car. It was a mechanical lien. Now, if you don't know what a mechanical lien is, let me tell you what it is. So... One day with my Ford Explorer, it broke down, and I needed to get it fixed. I took it to the mechanic shop. But Wesley Virgin doesn't have any money. I told you I was broke. So what am, What did I do? What did my dumb self do? Well, I wrote a check. It was $2,500. I said, how much you need? $2,500? No problem. I wrote a check for $2,500. I signed my name, and I gave it to the people. And he gave me the car. Two weeks later, they repoed the vehicle. It's a mechanical lien. It's when the mechanic shop can put a lien on your car because of no payment. Now, I don't have $2,500 because I just wrote a bounce check, obviously, right? And you know what my crazy self did? You know what my dumb self did? I filed bankruptcy. <laughs> Listen, because I was like this. In my mind, I'm just like, okay. I need to get my car back because I need to get to work, okay? So what's the solution? I don't have any money right now. I don't have enough money, right? Because I still had to pay rent, and it just didn't add up. I don't know how much I'm going to get to $2,500, right? So I said, what can I do to get this car back? And I can't remember who gave me the idea of filing bankruptcy. I don't know if it was a lawyer or whatever. I think I was talking to a lawyer. 
Yeah, I think I will. I called the lawyer and said, hey, man, they took my car. Is it illegal? Can they do that? He said, yes, sir, they can. But, Wes, you can file bankruptcy and you can get it back. I swear to God. That's, see, listen, and I don't know if you're a, a lot of you are like this, but whenever I had a problem, even though I made dumb decisions to solve the problem, I was always making decisions. I said, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a lawyer and I'm going to see if I can get my car back because I need my car right now. Like, I wasn't thinking about making more money because I had a job. It wasn't making a lot of money, and I didn't have time to get a new job and try to get more money. I mean, I needed, I needed that card now. So I called a lawyer and said, hey, do I have a case? He said, no, you don't have a case, but you can file Chapter 13, which means if you file Chapter 13 bankruptcy, everything that you owe, including the car, that they have it, they have to let it go. And I'm like, really? They got to let it go? I said, file bankruptcy, sir. He said, you sure, Wes? Yeah. I mean, what what damage can it do? Is it, is it a big deal? And at that time, I'm not, I'm not educated, right? I don't know how negative bankruptcy can be on your, your your credit here. But I'm not thinking that way. You know what I'm thinking about? Getting my Ford Explorer back. I had TV screens in the back. And I had two 12s at the time I was banging. Yeah, I was, you know, you know how it is, you know. People, men, get those speakers in the back. I had those. And I, I got the car back, and the bankruptcy was on the credit report. <clears throat> and when you're in bankruptcy, you have to, and listen, I suggest to never do this. Listen, if I can go back, I would have never did this. Hell no, don't ever. If you don't have to file bankruptcy, do not do it, okay? Because you won't get anything, okay? Do you hear me? You You're not... Without a co-signer, you're not going to get nothing in life. Okay? You're not going to get a car. Uh, you're not going to get a, a home. If you get a car, your interest rate is going to be 20%, honestly. <laughs> I mean, you're probably not going to get an apartment. If you get an apartment, it's going to be in the ghetto somewhere, right? Um, so never do it. Just never do it. Just put in your mind to never do it, okay? And most of you will never make the type of money that it will make sense to do it, okay? Um, so just never do it. So I was supposed to pay so much per month. Because when you file bankruptcy, they put everything in a consolidated like loan. So everything that I owe credit cards, which I had a bunch of credit cards and all that stuff, they put into one big balloon payment that you have to pay every single month. Did I pay it? No. Obviously, I did not. It was dismissed. And dismissed is very bad when it comes to bankruptcy, man. Oh, it's terrible. Um, but I tell you that story. Because even though it wasn't smart to do that, but I did get the car back. Does that make sense? Which means that I'm very solution-driven. And that's what I want you to be. Just be solution-driven. Instead of sitting there and crying and bitching and complaining about how tough it is, just think about a solution. And be I'm going to be honest with you. Many of you will make the wrong decision or you will make a mistake that may seem to be incorrigible, but listen, you'll be okay. After six, seven years, the bankruptcy came off my credit. And now my credit today is about, I think it's like what, 790, almost 800. So I'm good. I'm Gucci. Make sense. Okay. Just, if you don't take anything from this talk, just be a solution-driven person. Just always say, you know what? I got a solution. Okay, what's the solution for my problem? Just think. 
Don't waste time crying and whining and having a fit and having a temper tantrum, okay? Calling people, telling people how hard it is. Man, it's so hard. Why did this happen? Why did they fire me? Why did they do this? I don't have any money. They scam me. They Don't do that. That's just a waste of time, okay? It's a waste of time and energy. Just think about the solution. And if I've always been that way and that have served me that have allowed me to be the man that I am today. <coughs> All right, next. Next question for me. That was a good question, by the way. What's next here? Talk to me. Yeah, I've always had a problem-solving mind. And this took place in my early childhood because when I first got a computer, I would take it apart and I would put it together. And I enjoyed the reverse engineering of the process. I just liked it a lot. I just liked putting things together. And that kind of served me in life, in 20s, in my 20s as as well. (laughs) See, it's important to know this because you need to understand what all happened that led up to me being the man that I am here today, the rich man, right? I have a very problem-solving mind, right? I tend to focus on the solution instead of the problems. Like, I never was the person to focus on problems. I just, like, how do we fix it? Like when people were crying, whine, I would say, shut up, and how are we going to fix it? I was always like that, even as a teenager. Okay? What's the next here? Questions for me. <clears throat> are you folks getting value here tonight? I'm just curious here. At what point, being in business, do you have or do you realize that you develop yourself to become teachable? Well, you'll know when you're teachable when whatever the mentor tells you, whatever the mentor tells you, whatever the mentor shares with you, you do it. That's when you know you're teachable. You're not going to be teachable if you're, if the mentor say, do do this and you don't do it or you Make excuses of why you can't do it. Well, you're not teachable yet. Because remember, the teachability index is your willingness to learn and your willingness to accept change. Right? Your willingness to learn and your willingness to accept change. And many of you, you don't have a high willingness to learn yet. Some of you do. But many of you don't. It's like this eager, this obsession to learn more. And then many of you don't want it to change. You still want to be the person that you are today and expect something different. And that's just called poverty. Okay. You didn't answer my question yesterday. I send mails to customers. I send mails to customers and end up in, in spam. Yeah, what are you using, AWeber? If you're using AWeber, I would suggest to use a different domain. Because maybe your domain was blacklisted. It happens all the time. What's next here? Did you get value, ladies and gentlemen? Are you learning something? Who's taking notes? 
I don't feel the energy in the group here tonight, okay? Raise the vibration. Any more questions for me before I let you go? <clears throat> let me see here. Young lady says, I crave for knowledge and, con and change constantly. No, you don't. You only want the change that you're comfortable with. Many of you think that you like change. No, you don't. You only want to change when it's convenient and comfortable for you. But as soon as you have to change and it's not comfortable, <laughs> it's not familiar, you don't want to do it. Um, what's your biggest passion, Wes? What I'm doing right now, Lucia. How do I transcend my consciousness to eliminate uh, the negative thoughts that pro to project in my mind? Yeah, Bryce, it's not important to eliminate negative thoughts. It's important to reframe negative thoughts. Like if you plant, if you start a garden and your intention is to plant roses, no one goes out and plant weeds, right? Weeds just come. They will always come. With weeds, you just pick them out and get rid of them, right? But they're always going to come back, which means this negative thoughts are not going away. I mean, you're never, are, I mean, you're going to have negative thoughts. It's just, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take place in your life like forever until you die. You will always have some type of negative thought. But the key is to reframe your negative thoughts. So if you can look at your negative thoughts and think about how that negative can transcend into a positive thought, then you realize there are no negative thoughts. Get it? Change the way that you look at the thoughts or how you label them. Okay? You got to reframe them. It's called reframe. R-E-F-A-M-E. -E. Reframe the negative thought. I'll give you an example. Like say if I'm driving my car and it breaks down. Well, I say, you know what? I'm glad it broke down because maybe down the road I would have had an accident. Right? If you lose your job, well, I'm glad I lost my job because maybe it's time for me to stop talking about a business and actually start it. That make sense? I just gave you an example right there. Like, give me one of your negative experiences. Give me a negative thought. Comment below. Give me a negative thought. You can reframe any negative thought. Seriously, anything. Say if you were... Uh, let me see what you guys are writing down below here. Can someone give me a negative thought? Say if you... Here we go. I have some people that are staying with people and they feel that they got to stay at the house or the place where they live. And it's negative there, right? Like say if it's a teenager, your mom, your dad is just negative, right? You're trying to be positively negative. So how do you reframe that? Easy. Listen, if you're a teenager and you have negative parents, 
Give them what they need most. You know what they need? Tell them that you're proud of them. Say, Mom, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I love you, and I'm proud of you because I know you're working hard. Same thing to your father. That's all you got to do. So reframe. What you do is see the situation better, right? If you know they're going to be negative about your goals and your dreams all the time, first of all, stop talking about your goals and your dreams. Just shh, be quiet. And then just give them compliments. Let them know that you appreciate them. And that's for any, anybody that's staying in a household because, you know, you're going through it right now and you're staying with a friend. And you know how people are, man, you know. When you stay with people, they want they want to feel that they're the boss. And you need to make them feel this way, by the way. Okay, that's how you win. Like if you stand with a person, they paying the rent. You're not paying on rent. Uh, you better appreciate them and you better put them on a pedestal okay tell them they're amazing say hey thank you so much for letting me live and you know you know let me cook tonight let me do this for you right that's how you make the situation better you give the people what they need to feel better about their situation it's very powerful i taught my daughter this with her teachers because she will always my smaller daughter denia she was always getting into it with the teachers, right? Oh, no, that was Devante, I think. Uh, it was one of them. And there was always going back and forth. I said, hey, listen, even if you're right with your teacher, and you may be right, they may be dumb, stupid, silly, they may be wrong, right? But you're going to lose every single time. Why? Because they're the teacher, they're the authority figure. No one's going to listen to you. It's just how it is, right? They're not going to listen to the kid. They're going to listen to the teacher. So how you win with a teacher, you give the teacher what she wants. What does the teacher want? She want to feel respected. You say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. How's your day today? Hey, you know, what? I really appreciate this lesson. Hey, you need to stop talking. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to do better. That's what you do. I'm telling you. Listen, this is a... It's in the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. You have to learn how to capitulate strategically, okay? And maybe you don't feel like you should do it, but just do it because you're going to get what you want. Does that make sense? You got to always, listen, I want to talk to young people real quickly here. Young people, always think about the goal. Don't think about what's happening in the situation. This is an issue with children or teenagers, Right? When they're dealing with their parents, they're dealing with teachers or authority figures. In the moment, they act the ass, right? Disrespectful because they're trying to share their point of view. But what I want you to understand is you're a child, you're a teenager. I mean, somebody is paying for your food. Somebody's putting clothes in your back and giving you a place to stay. You got to remember that in the back of your head. So it doesn't matter if you're right. You still lose, okay? How you win is... You give the people that are in authority what they want. What do you think these people want? Think about your parents. They want to feel respected. They want to feel appreciated. Easy. Teachers are the same way. And if you like that with teachers, your life will be easier at school. And you might, ha and you might not have to work as hard because you're going to be like, oh, you're such a nice kid. Let me just grade this paper with some love and give you a B in instead of a D, even though you deserve a D, but I'm going to give you a B. This happens all the time. Same thing with parents. Like you got children, teenagers that are smart. 
they know how to handle their parents. And the parents always sees them in a good light. And then the other kids are like, man, he doing all this stuff and he always. Yeah, because he knows how to surrender to his parents. It's strategic. It's very powerful. Tell me. I wish I knew that when I was young. Okay. What's next here? So that was for my teenagers and my younger folks. Um, do you listen to affirmations while you sleep? Not anymore. I used to. Wes, at what age did you find your purpose in life? Um, I'm glad you asked that question here. Um, can I give you guys some life-changing advice? Do you mind? Can I give you some very deep life-changing advice if you'll listen to me for a second? Right before I made a million dollars, I discovered what my purpose was going to be. And I know a lot of you, you're focusing on money. You want money because you want options, because you want to be able to do things that most people would never do. But I want you to do something for me. During your perseverance of becoming this person to be successful, try your best to make yourself useful. Okay. Like when I say make yourself useful is think about what can I do to make a contribution to the world to make the world better. I thought like this right before I made the million. I said, Wesley, what can you do on the planet to make it better? Like I wasn't thinking about money at that time. I'm not thinking about this. I said, you know, how can I be useful to the world? Um, and that question will lead you to the purpose. And what I began to do before I even made a million dollars, what I began to do, I started to feed the homeless on Sundays. Many of you know, typically every Sunday, I feed the homeless under the bridge. Like I go buy McDonald's, I buy a Jack in the Box, whatever, and I give them food. But what you don't know, I did this before I made the million dollars. I said, you know what, Wesley, I'm gonna make myself useful. What can I do to make a contribution to the world? Like, what can I do just to make the world better? Okay, I know I wanna make a million, but what can I do to make the world better? Because let me tell you why. Being useful and learning how to be useful on the planet, that will sustain this feeling of happiness for the rest of your life. That makes sense. Money is not going to sustain you or it's not going to sustain happiness forever. You'll see when you make the money, right? But being useful or doing something that actually add value to someone's life, it lasts forever. Like what I'm doing right here, this is useful. 
Like I am speaking from the top of my heart to millions of people around the world, sharing my story and my philosophy on what it takes to become wealthy. I'm impacting lives. I'm sharing my story and my experiences with the expectation to help people to believe in themselves. That's my purpose. Okay. So, you know, before I made the million dollars, I just said, you know, what can I do to be useful? What can I do to impact the world? Because I knew I knew I was going to become a million. Like, I didn't know when, but I just knew it was going to happen. Like many of you, if you truly believe that you know that you're going to hit it, you should think beyond the money. And that's what I did. I'll never forget the night that I started to think beyond the money. I said, you know what? I'm already rich. In my mind, I say, you know, I'm already rich. I'm already wealthy. But I got to I got to think beyond this money. Because even if I make some money, it's not going to be the all end all be all. Right? I need something that's going to make me feel that I matter. I need something that's going to make me feel very significant even without the money. What can I do? Something that's going to Make me feel that I am making my mark on the planet. It doesn't matter if it was little, big. It doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter how large of an impact that you make. It's just the point that you're like making an impact. Does that make sense? So I just started feeding the homeless. I just started to feed. Before I made money, man, I was just feeding the homeless every Sunday. Feeding, feeding, feeding. And I was enjoying myself, man. I, I loved it. I love being around these outstanding people. I would hear their stories. And let me tell you something. It, it motivated me to not quit. Like, honestly, like being around these people, if you ever been around like homeless people who have been homeless for years, I'm not talking about someone who just became homeless. You know, people have been homeless for years. and they, This is just their life, and they live on the street. That's just their life. And I think to myself, how can a person live on the street for five years, man? You know, when it get hot, it get hot. When it get cold, it get cold. I remember one Christmas, it was so cold, man. It was so cold, I decided to buy tents. Because I just couldn't imagine. You know, I saw a mom with four kids. Jackets as a bed. And I bought them a tent. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like... How can these people do that? Like, how can they sustain this pain? It's so cold. Like, I was cold and I had jackets on. I mean, it was freezing in Houston. And I was thinking to myself, if they could go through that, I can definitely continue to work on this company. Like, I'm in my home. It's, it's warm. I got a heater and, you know, I can put clothes on. I can get under my blanket and I can work. These people every day don't know how they're going to eat, honestly, every day. I mean, they have ideals. Some, they pedal, they go on the street, they ask for money. Some, they get free food from people. Some, they eat out of the garbage. I mean, I've heard all these stories, right? But let me tell you something, the mind-boggling thing that blew my mind. And this is going to blow your mind, too. Every time I would go feed these people under the bridge in downtown Houston, Texas, 
they always had a smile on their faces. That blew my mind. I mean, these people, dirty clothes, smell bad, bad teeth, but a smile on their face as if they wasn't living on the street. I swear to God, you should do this. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a homeless community in everybody's city, country, around the world, right? They have something in Houston that's called Tent City. I don't think it's there anymore, but there's still people there. But it's like, these people, they weren't upset. They weren't angry. They wasn't crying. You don't think they'll be crying, right? Crying like, oh, my God, where's he get us off the street? I don't know what to do. I swear to God, never. They was excited. Hey, man, I love your truck, man. This is nice. God, it's just one guy. He's been helping me feed the home. So when I, when I roll up, right, depending on the car I'm driving, they know when I'm coming, right? And they come out in drone, like 200 of them, right? And they're like, oh, that's Wesley, that's Wesley. So I pull up with the G-Wagon. And it's this one guy that always helped me, right? And he'd been on the street for five years, man. He'd been on the street the longest. And he comes there, what's up, my brother? What's up, Wes? What's going on? Where you was at last week? Man, we didn't see you last week. I mean, this man talking to me like he living in the house. But he on the street. And he talking to me like life is perfect. And I think to myself, all of you whine, cry, and bitch to me or to other people about how miserable your situation is. Like, just, I'm telling you, I would suggest everybody to go do this, right? Because just seeing that, I could never quit. I just, I was like, fuck no. Like, how can I quit when this person is sleeping on the concrete? Like, literally, I see it. They're on the concrete, freezing to death with a baby and a dog. Many of them. Freezing, man. And when I show up, they come to my truck with a smile on their face. They're happy to see me. They're not begging me for money. Not, not, well, some of them did, but most of them, they're not begging me for anything. They said, thank you, Wesley. We, we love you, brother. We love you so much. Thank you for doing this. I swear to God, man. I mean, I got the most love from them, honestly. I mean, they're not begging me, asking me. And they said, man, thank you so much. May God bless you, Wes. You're doing such a wonderful thing, man. What do you do, Wes? You play, you play football? I like, nah, bro, I don't play no football, bro. I just work out. But let me tell you something. Just the amount of love and kindness that I got from these people who, you know, you would think would be very upset and miserable. You know? I mean, some of those people haven't taken a shower in weeks. They can't even go to the restroom properly. Think about women out there. You got women out there on drugs, women out there that's prostituting, hookers, all that stuff. I experienced all that. I was around it. But no one is complaining. That's what blew my mind. Nobody was complaining about their situation. So, and this is before I made the big million. And I just realized that I would never, that's why I never complain. You notice I never complain about it. I would never complain while I'm living on this planet. I swear to God, I'm not going to complain about nothing, ever, especially about money. Never going to do that. 
Every day, I'm always going to be grateful. I'm always going to appreciate life because I know somewhere somebody is living a life that I knew I couldn't live. I couldn't be on the street. It's no way. I just can't do it, man. I wouldn't be able to function. I can imagine being on the street freezing, freezing and trying to sleep. Absolutely not. And hungry. So think about it. you're hungry, starving, and cold. Nah, man, I'm grateful. And I want all of you to, to remind yourself, okay? Whenever you think it's so hard, so difficult, you know, all your negative thoughts, when you want to quit and give up and it's so hard, you think about that homeless woman or that homeless man in your community that's sleeping on your bridge, that's sleeping in a tent. It's out there. They have no one at all, literally. And they haven't given up. Okay? Never forget that. It's always somebody out there that is experiencing life in a horrific way. I mean, devastating, man. It's tough. So you got to remember, you better be grateful. Always. Always have this idea of gratitude. Always. Don't ever get entitled. Some of you get entitled. You know, you start to think, well, you know, I mean, I got AC, but everybody got AC. Yeah, I got a car, but I don't like my car. It's old. And some people wish they had your car. They wish. Even though it's old, but see, they wish they could have a car other than riding the bus. So I've learned to be grateful, honestly. And I learned that, you know, two years before I made my million, I learned to wake up every morning to be consistently grateful about my life. I was grateful about the failures. I was grateful about the adversities. I was just grateful about the journey of the man that I was becoming. Because I knew one day I will become this man. I knew it. I didn't know when, but I knew I would. And the reason why I knew I would, because I would never give up. I was not going to stop. I didn't care if it took another decade. I was willing to do that. I was willing to make that sacrifice to get what I wanted. And that's the type of mindset I want to suggest to all of you if that's what you want, if that's what you really want, to be grateful, to be useful. Like if you already know you're going to be rich, you know you're going to be making, you know you're going to make millions of dollars, but go out there and make somebody else's life better. Go out there and do something and be useful and add value to somebody's quality of life. You have to do it all day. I mean, take an hour out of your day and just go help somebody out. I don't know. Go to a soup kitchen. Go feed people. Go donate your time. Makes you feel good. Right? And then you'll be able to compare You'll be able to compare yourself and say, wow, you know what? My life is really not that bad, man. Look at these people. It's tough. I think I should be thankful. And then it gives you a different perception of living and then when you start working on your business or your skill, I mean, then you'll be more patient because then you realize it's not that bad because obviously it can be worse. Okay. Any more questions for me before I let you go here? Uh, let me see here. Before I let you go here. And I want you to know that I love you, okay? I love you. 
And this is why I will continue to do this. And listen, I don't just do it for you. I do it for me. It's my purpose. It's my purpose. If my rents remain at how many people right now? 65 million people for the rest of my life, I'm okay with that. Because it's my purpose. It's just my purpose to do it. My purpose is much higher than the money for me. It's much higher than the goal or the financial goal. My purpose is what fulfills me. It makes me feel significant and powerful. It makes me feel that I'm doing something that somebody, some man or some woman is listening to and they're having a breakthrough moment. They've been impacted about what I just said. Maybe I don't know who that is. Maybe I never meet them, but I know that they're listening. Right? And that brings me joy, internal joy forever. Like I'll do this forever for the rest of my life. Regardless, regardless if I make more money or not, this, this brings me more joy. Okay? And I want you to understand that you can find your thing as well. Okay? I want you to think about what you can do to be useful. Like, if you believe that you're going to make money, you believe that you're going to be successful, then great, okay? So go out there and be useful. Go out there and make a contribution to the world. It could be small, but do something to add value to the world, to people. So a lot of people that are suffering, man. A lot of people are hurting. A lot of people don't know what to do with their emotions. They don't know how to adjust their mental health. If you're a person that's resilient, you have a strong mind, you're confident, Go share that confidence and go share that resilience with another person. Okay? <laughs> much love, folks. I love you so much. This is Wesley, Billion Dollar Virgin. And let's go.